Before we go any further, Outcast UK has a live show coming and it's going to be at the London Podcast Festival 2023. It's happening on Friday the 8th of September at 7pm, doors at 6.30, the St Pancras Room at the London Podcast Festival King's Place in London. Uh, basically, it's going to be me, Graeme Smith, in conversation with the controversial LGBTQ plus artist Liam Stonia MacDonald, who, from what I can see, has had a bit of a... a, a, a is it, what's it called? A road to domestic... that one? One of them moments where you change your mind. He's had one of them. Um, and uh, seems to have changed his mind about a few things since we last spoke, so that'd be interesting getting him in and doing a bit of an artist talk about some of his recent work. Lab Brown Gay's podcast host and Gaydio presenter and DJ extraordinaire Nick Charles is going to be joining us alongside the sex educator and gay London life columnist Topher Taylor, who's always on the podcast with us. Uh, did you know that we are the winner of uh, Gold for Best New Podcast at the British Podcast Awards 2022 and nominated Best Independent Podcast at the ARIA Awards? Surely this is worth seeing live. Join us in London for the London Podcast Festival 2023 Outcast UK live Friday the 8th of September 7pm playoutcastuk.com is the place to go and get your tickets. The ticket link is there. Playoutcastuk.com. And now, the show. Coming up on Outcast UK. As soon as I hear the words moral decay, there must be a band. There must be a band called Moral Decay. Absolutely, there's Moral Decay. Yeah. Or a drag queen. Tonight I'm going solo on a tour of my old haunts, saying my goodbyes to friends, foes, strangers, lovers, mothers and brothers, fond farewells and good riddances, all geared towards this one night. My last night on Earth. The, the call that I put in the play is um, it's from 2013 and it took me until 2020 to, to put it into, you know, writing. This is the UK's hottest LGBTQ plus podcast. Ooh. Outspoken. Outrageous. Outcast UK. It's Outcast UK. Hello, it's, it's Graeme Smith here. Kev's here. Kevin McGrath. Woo-hoo. Queer news aficionado. Oh, so I am now. Yeah, yeah. I've been Good. thinking of creative ways to describe you. Nice to have a title. Yeah, it is. It's nice. Um, on the podcast today, uh, I'm going to be chatting to Jack Holden, uh, who has got a new hit West End show. It's not new. It's been out a couple of years. It's got a West End show. It's called Cruise. Uh, it's going to be new when it comes to Manchester later this uh, year. Nicely recovered. Yes. Oh, we'll have to have done it again then. I haven't got the time. Uh, yeah, it's coming to a home theatre in Manchester at Tony Wilson Place. Uh, and it's an incredible story, the reason that he co op with um, with the the show as well because he took a call when he was a volunteer at Switchboard back in 2013 from a man who um, had been living in Soho at the height of the AIDS crisis in the 80s, lost his partner and went out on what he thought was his last night out on earth and that is what the show is all about. It's a really interesting chat. It's coming up uh, over the course of the next 20 minutes. Kev's got the queer news before then though. Kev, what's coming up? Parliamentary pillock and Denver delight. Lovely. Uh, first off, Kev, what's going on? Cheers, Graham. An attempt to force schools to out trans pupils has been voted down in Parliament. Andrew Bridgen from the Reclaim Party was also pushing for a ban on social transition and wanted changes to sex education. He told the Commons inclusivity has become a double-edged sword and every child has the right to immunity from the sexual perversions of adults. Labour MP Ben Bradshaw opposed the bill, saying it's got nothing to do with the welfare of young people. It's about a cynical but completely transparent attempt by a conspiracy theorist who is too right-wing even for today's Conservative Party, to stoke the culture wars on the backs of our most vulnerable minority and their families. And it is despicable. And I urge colleagues in this House to give it a resounding thumbs down. Bridgen was expelled from the Conservative Party earlier this year after comparing the Covid vaccine programme to the Holocaust. 
A non-binary person who killed five people at an LGBTQ plus nightclub in Colorado last year has been sentenced to life in prison. 23-year-old Anderson Lee Aldrich opened fire with an assault rifle at Club Q on November 19th. They've admitted murder and attempted murder. Another 17 people were injured. The birth certificates of trans people in Kansas are being altered, with previous changes to the recorded gender reversed. A new law has come into effect, with driver's licences also included. Plus, in future, gender just can't be changed on these documents. It's being called disastrous by opponents. Kenya wants to follow Uganda's lead with severe new laws clamping down on LGBTQ plus people. Anyone having gay sex could be locked up or executed under a family protection bill being proposed and landlords could even be jailed for allowing it on their properties. Uganda approved similar draconian anti-queer legislation at the end of last month. Mohamed Ali is a member of Kenya's parliament. He tells Reuters nothing would stop him from voting for the bill. Even if I'll be in the hospital, under ICU, I'll ask them to take me to vote for that thing, to kick them out, to kick LGBTQ out of Kenya completely. That is a bill that every single member of parliament is waiting for. Guessing we won't be seeing him at Pride. Elsewhere in East Africa, there are also plans for anti-LGBTQ plus laws in Tanzania and South Sudan. A primary school teacher in Southern America could be fired for reading a book that explores gender norms to a class. Katie Rindley's 10 and 11-year-old pupils picked the book My Shadow is Purple themselves from a number of options. It's about a non-binary child who doesn't identify with being a boy or a girl. Rindley is accused of breaking the divisive concepts law in the state of Georgia. The book's author is Scott Stewart. This is a teacher that gets phenomenal feedback from the principal, the students, the parents. This whole thing just really goes to show how much more interested the school system in the US is in playing politics than they are in educating kids. It's gross. It's disgusting. Rindley's working with a union to get a job back. Trans people in Denmark are significantly more likely to take their own lives. So says analysis of health and legal records from nearly 7 million people over the last four decades. Denmark's trans community had three and a half times more suicide deaths and 7.7 times more attempts on their own lives than the rest of the population. And it's thought the figures could actually be worse because researchers say the information they use doesn't always record gender identity. Previous studies have shown three-fifths of trans people in Denmark have been bullied or harassed. About a third were physically assaulted. And over half a million people have turned out for Pride in Denver, Colorado. Proud Out Loud was the theme in response to all the anti-queer legislation being brought in across America. And as I mentioned earlier, the event comes just months after five people were shot dead at an LGBTQ plus club in Colorado. Denver's got the third largest Pride festival in the US, running for a 48th year. Shannon Romero is there. She tells CBS in Colorado being an ally is important. There's just so much division among people and this is a time for everybody to come together and support children, adults. There's animals here. It's all about love and acceptance and letting everybody be who they are. And what does Nathan Tan think of Denver Pride? Amazing! Enough said. And that's your queer news from Outcast UK. Cheers, Kev. Thank you. Um... Interesting to see the the reclaim party has managed to get itself back in the uh, in the queer news again. Have you you're not some sort of candidate for them trying to just sort of insert this into bits of media to get more? I'm attention. completely impartial. 
Oh yeah, of course you like, party, you don't cast aspersions. I forgot about that, yeah. Um, so, Re- Reclaim Party it is at the moment, who have got... How many MPs have they got? It's loads, isn't it? <laughs> One! One, who was booted out of the Tory party. Andrew Bridgen um, proposed a 10-minute rule bill uh, on the topic of gender and parental rights in schools, and he called for teachers to out pupils to their parents. Let's, let me take this slowly. <laughs> <laughs> Not the first man you've said that to. <laughs> no. So he wants schools to inform parents if the school finds out that the the kid is LGBTQ plus. Yeah, and I think he's has he got specific issue with them socially transitioning. Yeah, well, of course, some kids would socially transition at school and not feel comfortable with their parents knowing. Mm. That makes sense to me. Yeah. Why doesn't it make sense to Andrew Bridgen? Um, it wants to alter the sex education uh, curri- curriculum as well. The sex education curriculum, last time I checked, didn't include an awful lot of LGBTQ plus stuff. What did when you did sex education at school? What was? Do you remember it? Do you remember what was it's in it? So long ago. <laughs> That's a while ago. Dust off their memories, Kev. Let's yeah. visit the vaults, Glasgow, in the early eighties. Do, you know, do, you know, do you know all I remember of sex education is um, somebody mispronouncing the word. Vagina as vagina. <laughs> That's about it. Well, teacher. No, no, no. Where my. All uh, oh, right. Well, I shouldn't say, but my best friend Colette, who's still my best friend oh, now. Okay. <laughs> there's, an, there's an excuse there. There is an excuse there. No, there's no excuse. If, if it was one of the teachers, it'd be even worse. Um, so, uh, yeah, I, I remember sex education at school, and I went to a very Catholic school. And um, when we finally got round to doing sex education, we were in sixth form, and I was already out, and I was already. Yeah. Um, had boyfriends got yourself your own education yeah, I did get myself my own education there wasn't a mention of they weren't allowed to mention that and they were also weren't allowed to mention bizarrely they weren't allowed to mention contraception and if there's anything you God. wanted like teenagers at the age of 17 and 18 to know about it's about safe sex isn't it so I don't know how we can wind that back any further than it already <laughs> is um, this isn't the first time outing trans people has been suggested um, Sunday Times reported that the Department for Education guidance suggested bringing in the move can we just say it's it, that is a move that would be so awful for LGBTQ plus kids um, to have to be subjected to. A lot of the time, school can be um, it can be a lot of kids' safe place from their parents' opinions, can't it? Mm. And maybe the place where they feel like they can be themselves. To have that taken away, that's going to destroy some people's lives. And for what? For the sake of making a political point. Um, so Andrew Bridgen represented uh, North West Leicestershire since 2010 and he was expelled from the Conservative Party. I'm not going to dwell on what he said, but he compared COVID-19 vaccinations to the Holocaust and they weren't having any of this. So now he's in Lawrence Fox's right-wing political party and their manifesto states it will declare a war on woke. We heard all about Lawrence Fox last week when he was setting fire to flags in his garden. Mm. Um, in, <laughs> we're not going to say anything more about that. <laughs> Um, it, but I, I feel like he gets too much attention anyway, Lawrence Fox. He yeah. have, it's like he's like a black hole for attention as he it's, just draws it all in. Is his dad Dr. Fox? No. Um, in his speech, <laughs> Brid- it would be a turn off the box if it was. In his speech, Bridgen's claim that social transition was a conscious act of self-rejection of our... I'm going to have to take this slowly. Whoa, hang on. Not the first man you said that to. <laughs> A conscious act of self-rejection of our biological reality and said he was sickened that those tasked with bringing up children have turned to raising the next generation into a science experiment. 
The issue that I bring to the house today needs a bill. I'm shaking my fist while I say that. The very necessity of which is both grotesque and revealing of an absurdity, the turning of a blind eye to the real-world effects that seemingly good-faith legislation has had on our education system, on schools and on society as a whole. Dismantling the male-female binary will dismantle the world and pull out a foundation block of society. Who knows where the Jenga tower may fall? <laughs> Turns out Andrew Bridgen is sponsored by Jenga. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the MP went on to criticise um, using pupils' preferred pronouns, the Equality Act, sex education in schools. Every child has the right to innocence and immunity from the sexual perversions of adults. They're Andrew Bridgen's words, not mine. <laughs> you say, wow, <laughs> this is taking a turn, Grace. Yeah, Tell us what you really think. Do you know uh, what I found out the other day, actually? Go on. An anagram of Andrew Bridgen is tit. <laughs> Don't bother checking it. I would never lie to you. It's tit. Um, so that's mad. He should consider moving to the States. He'd blend in there. I think it really would. Outcast UK. This is Outcast UK. And did you know that coming up we've got a live show? What? And for that live show, consider this a live read. Um, <laughs> so we've got a live show coming up. and uh, It's going to be in front of an audience of 100. Yes, 100 whole people. Um, <laughs> they're going to be there watching. You can buy tickets as well. It's going to be at the London Podcast Festival on Friday, September the 8th. Doors at 6.30. We're starting from 7pm. The guests include in the controversial LGBTQ plus artist Liam McDonald, who's had a bit of a um, a bit of a change in his opinions. He used to be, he's admitted he used to be internally homophobic. If you've heard of internalised homophobia. Yeah, I think I had that myself. I think we've all yeah. been through that phase, but Liam kind of lived it out in front of everyone and all used right. it to sell a lot of his art. And whenever you get Liam involved in anything, people sort of start protesting. <laughs> but anyway, he's had a think about it. Uh, he's had a word with himself. Yes, and we're getting him back to discuss. Um, he's doing an artist talk where he's going to go through talking about some of his work. Some of it's that it was his mum who had major addiction problems and he draws pictures of like, his art involves like herotted teeth and old bottles of wine because he felt he was kind of neglected emotionally mm. by his mother uh, and um, his experiences in the chemsex scene as well. A really interesting chat I had with him on an earlier episode, one of our biggest episodes actually. So he's going to be chatting with me, uh, Nick Charles from the Loud Brown Gays podcast uh, and Gadio, he's going to be uh, joining us and Topher, the sexpert, South London's tart with a heart. We're all getting together and having a chat at the London Podcast Festival. If you want to get your tickets, the link is on playoutcastuk.com right now on the front page there playoutcastuk.com for tickets if you want to join us in London on September the 8th right coming up uh, we're chatting about Kenya and how they've done uh, their own they've copied Uganda haven't they everyone's doing it now <laughs> where Uganda cool. goes everywhere <laughs> <laughs> that is on the way first though uh, a conversation I had a few days ago when I caught up with Jack Holden um, he has got his show that's been on the West End in London it was one of the first shows that was on after lockdown um, and it's it's based on a call that he took when he was a volunteer for the LGBTQ plus charity Switchboard really interesting chat here he is solo on a tour of my old haunts saying my goodbyes to friends foes strangers lovers mothers and brothers fond farewells and good riddances all geared towards this one night my last night on earth let's do it let's go out with a bang why not (laughs) 
And Jack Holden, who stars in and wrote the play, joins me on the line right now. Tell us a bit about it. Hey, Graham. My show, Cruise, uh, opened in the West End a couple of years ago. Uh, it was the first new play to open uh, the West End after the lockdowns. Uh, and we were nominated for an Olivier Award. And then we came back for a second run at the Apollo Theatre last summer. And now we're coming to Home Theatre Manchester this summer from the 20th of July to the 12th of August. Um, and it, it's based on a true story I heard when I volunteered for Switchboard, the LGBT plus helpline yeah. um, in my early 20s. Um, and it was a, a guy called and he basically, uh, he was in his 50s and he was he said he'd moved to Soho in 1980 and he'd fallen in love and uh, he and his partner in 1984 were both diagnosed with HIV and in 86 his partner died and this guy thought that he was going to die too because everyone around him was dying so he mm-hmm. sold his flat he sold the car he spent all of his money he decided to party his way through the rest of his days and uh, and this was a, a thing that quite a few guys did at the time because there was no effective medication for HIV mm-hmm. and uh, so they thought it was a death sentence um, and then this guy somehow managed to survive until effective medication did come along. And so he'd been given the gift of life back, but with nothing left in it to make it worth living. And this yeah. struck me as a really bittersweet story. And I, I knew I had to tell it on stage one day. And then during a lockdown in uh, 2020, I finally put pen to paper and uh, and made the show cruise. They call, don't they, um, that point in the early 90s when medication got a bit better and people got a lease of life. They call that the, the Lazarus effect, don't they? Um, when all of a sudden people realised they, they were brought back to life almost. Yeah, it must have been such a sort of overpowering and um, confusing moment because I think, yeah, you're sort of, it's like survivor's guilt as well. I think, yeah. You know, you come back from come back from war for example and you know people around you have died and you then have to just get on with your life again and that's what this guy was still still struggling to adjust to even you know decades after the event how did you find um being a volunteer for switchboard it must take a lot out of you as a as a volunteer there yeah and i think that's sort of what i explore in the play is i I sort of play a younger version of myself who wasn't necessarily best place to be a volunteer I think yeah I don't think you need to have lived through a whole load of stuff to be able to listen to people Mm -hmm. you know uh, without judgment but for me I sort of found that yeah you do take it away with you basically and the stuff you listen to it's not it's not all heavy but a lot of it is and it's a privilege to be able to do it but it is there is also yeah there's there's a toll to it what's the the main quality you think you need to do that sort of role let's say switchboard I suppose, yeah, you need to be patient because I think people, even if people ring with the intention of telling a stranger something, um, it can take them a long time to get down to what it really is. And I think, and Switchboard train you incredibly well for active listening so that you're not just sort of letting people talk and talk and talk, Mm -hmm. but you're actually guiding them to what is they're really calling about? Because often people call with one thing and then there's actually something else going on underneath. Give us an example of how that would work. Um, so there's like tools you can use, like reflecting. So if someone would say, oh, I'm feeling a bit sad, you could simply reflect back, oh, you're feeling a bit sad. And that's sort of, you're immediately taking their words and kind of, yeah. you know, setting them up for them to look at um, in a sort of cognitive behavioral therapy kind of way. Mm-hmm. Um, it never goes as far as that, but you sort of, it's all sort of gentle kind of 
challenging with a small C is yeah. what they say. So you're not, you're never sort of interrogating someone. You're never saying, so what's going on here? You're just sort of gently kind of listening, but actively and, and with engagement. The the call that I put in the play is, um, is from 2013 and it took me until 2020 to, to put it into, you know, writing. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it really did stick with me. And then along the way, I've added lots and lots of anecdotes and I've created a whole load of characters and um, done lots of research about Soho in the 1980s mm. and about the AIDS crisis. And so it's really a kind of mishmash of all sorts of things. But at the core of it is this, yeah, I'd say life-changing call I received. There's been lots done about um, the HIV and AIDS crisis in the 1980s and I am here for all of it. You know, I welcome it all. But how does this differ, do you think, from a lot of stuff that's come before? So I think, I mean, in terms of theatre, I think we definitely get a lot of American theatre about the AIDS crisis from the New York point of view. Yeah. Um, there is obviously British theatre about the AIDS crisis, but um, I suppose what I was trying to do was I was actually trying to like tell the story of this guy who was actually sort of apolitical. Really, he was mm-hmm. just sort of a young man in you know in the prime of his life who just rocked up in London at the very worst time for his community, and he was just he just happened to be a part of that and was just swept yeah. along with that. So I guess I wanted it to feel not sort of disarmingly um, politicized, but it's, you know, that's all in there inherently because of the time and because of what's going on. Um, And I guess I also wanted it to, although, you know, I didn't want to sort of rake over old coals. I also, I wanted it to be uplifting and life affirming as well. Yeah. So you have a a DJ on stage. um, So does that mean you get a different soundtrack every night? (laughs) It's, It's the same soundtrack every night, but it's kind of, because I I play 30 characters and I speak 15,000 words across 90 minutes, there's always difference. There's always kind of, you know, rise and fall. And John Patrick Elliott, who, uh, yeah, is is the live musician. He composed all the music. Um, He's kind of, yeah, he's the soundtrack to my and the character Michael's life, basically. So um, every time I walk somewhere or every time I become a different character, you can, you kind of, you feel the music change and it kind of puts us in a different place or in a different person's headspace. Um, so it's, the music is really essential. It's the architecture of the piece. And there's also existing tracks from 1980 to 1989 in there as well. Um, Gloria as I Will Survive and some Frankie Knuckles house. And yeah, there's a whole load of stuff in there that John curated and, and uh, brought authenticity to the piece. So what message do you want people to leave with after they've watched the show? I think the message basically is one about community and Michael, the main character, he sort of lands in London and falls on his feet and lives with several people in a row and bounces around Soho. And he sort of does that thing you do when you're young, which is he accidentally builds community. Mm -hmm. And, um, and I think it's only when he comes out the other side of his ordeal that he realizes that that is what that is, that he had a community all along yeah. and he thought he was on his own and facing it. But I think even if people feel on their own, there is often a community that you're maybe not, you know, you're not cognizant of. So yeah, take a look around you and sort of, yeah, remind yourself that there is a community there for you. You've received awards, nominations, awards, plenty of them, but how has it been received generally? Yeah, I mean, obviously the awards are very nice and reviews are very nice. Um, but it's um, the main thing is sort of actually coming out of the theatre and meeting audience members who've been moved by the show, mm-hmm. especially, for example, there there was one guy in um, 
uh, in the last run at the Apollo who sort of kind of took my hand afterwards and said, thank you, that those dates, Michael's dates of diagnosis and his partner dying were exactly my dates as well. Wow. And yeah. he lived to tell the tale as well. Yeah. And it's sort of, I guess, like, I didn't think too much when I was writing it about how dare I write something about the 1980s, which was, yeah. you know, just before I was born. But I'm glad I didn't because I'm glad I didn't stop myself because it's really moved people and it's really... I just feel every night that I'm taking these guys' story and I'm putting it on stage and I'm letting it live again. Yeah. You are bringing it to Manchester, aren't you? Yeah, we're bringing it to home theatre from the 20th of July to the 12th of August. Um, I've, as an actor, I've toured all over the country, but I've never actually made it to Manchester yet. So I'm very excited, yeah. Um, And yeah, home theatre is a brilliant theatre for this. Um, The music of the show, it's, it's... you know, it's it's kind of the death of disco through synth pop all the way through yeah, yeah. Detroit House, Chicago House and Rave. And so I think being on Tony Wilson Place feels quite appropriate yeah, for that. So that would be the reason to bring it to Manchester, I guess, because of all that history there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think Manchester, will, I think it, it will be a, a welcome audience, I think, you know, an incredibly strong queer community, yeah. a city filled with music. Um, I think, I, I hope audiences are going to love it. We can see it at home in Manchester. How can we get tickets? Uh, you can go to homemcr.org or cruisetheplay.co.uk um, and yeah, book your tickets now. Any plans to take it uh, beyond Manchester, anywhere else in the country? Um, we might do, yeah. I think it's it's um, it's very tough times for touring theatre at the moment. Sure, yeah. We felt confident coming to Manchester because, you know, we know there's good audience, good theatre-going audience yeah. there. Um, and a huge LGBTQ plus community as well would be really receptive it, to it, I guess. Exactly, yeah, yeah. And I really hope they, you know, come out and I hope they enjoy it. I hope we do them proud. Um, but yeah, I'd, like, I'd love to take it all over the country, really. I've, I've always toured and I, I, I think it's a really important part theatre um, so hopefully hopefully more stops well Jack best of luck with it and I look forward to seeing it when it comes to Manchester because I'm going to be there on the press night as well so I'm looking forward to that one. Oh, amazing um, Jack thanks awesome. for coming on the show Play Outcast UK on TikTok and Instagram just search Play Outcast UK I've got the cold oh you have yeah I don't want there? to go on about it can you stay over there please yeah <laughs> Graham's actually left the door open here so <laughs> he doesn't get my germs to get a bit of air in I'm using the same microphone that you were using before as well and I'm a bit like should I have sort of used a bit of sif on this or something but I I think you're safe because I failed to give you COVID last year try as you might yeah and I didn't realise and it was the first time when I thought I was just coming down with a really bad cold it's the first time since all COVID kicked off that I didn't do a test Oh, I thought because it because ne- it's never been COVID until that point I'd never got it. It was that time, wasn't it? You yeah. insisted on coming in for a hug, and I was like, mm. "We spent all that Saturday together drinking." Yeah, and uh, I thought, "Oh God, I've given it him." I knew you were you were you weren't well on that Saturday when I turned up and I was late. I was fashionably late on mm. that particular day, and uh, when I went, sorry, and the look in your eyes wasn't you weren't even annoyed. You just went, "It's okay," and your, <laughs> your eyes just drifted away, and I thought. He's really ill. And you're never one to call it time on having drinks, are you? No. <laughs> a few hours, you're like, I think I need to go home. Um, so yeah, don't give me that. Uh, Monday, 26th of June, State Attorney General in Kansas, Chris Kobash, I think, confirmed to reporters that a new law, Senate Bill 180, we've heard about this. 180. Senate Bill 180. Uh, they don't announce it that way. Do they? No. Jim Bowen. No, they don't. The bullseye. And bring on a speedboat as a prize. <laughs> um, this bill in Kansas will legally erase trans people's gender identities. Kev, 
how does this how does that work so as of july 1st which is in the future or the past depending on when you're listening to this <laughs> it's in the past oh it's in the past of course it is <laughs> yesterday yesterday as of yesterday yeah um this new law has come into effect whereby uh if you've changed gender and had it officially logged then you're going to go back to your birth gender and there'll be no changes moving forward okay wow Okay. Um, the law will also force public schools to record students as their gender assigned at birth, regardless of whether teachers and staff recognise gender identities of trans and non-binary students. Uh, the legislation has been described by the Kansas Senate as a women's bill of rights. Why do, they pe- why do people keep saying this? I don't really see how women gain any rights from things like this. As far as I'm concerned, transphobia, homophobia and misogyny are all part of the same sort of spectrum of behaviours. So... While some people might be like, oh, we're helping women's rights. My feeling is they're actually the same blob of hate that comes after trans people and gay people and LGBTQ plus people in general. If you are on their side and you're a woman and you're thinking that this is going to increase your rights, in time, that blob of hate, in my opinion, will come and consume you at some point as yeah. well. That's what's on the cards next. But uh, women will be safe in public toilets because that's will. apparently the reasoning for all this kind of thing. They will. You know you know all these public toilet issues that we're having? Mm-hmm. I wonder what the stats are on this. Which stats? You know, all these all these supposed attacks, all these trans people ooh, lurking in the public toilets, attacking all these Not really women. a thing that happens. It's not really a thing that happens. No. Obviously, it's based on a very small number of cases that have gone on. There was the one in Scotland, wasn't there, that was brought up that was used as an opportunity to really attack Nicola Sturgeon. So whilst these things have happened, they're not happening... On mass, the very same people that were kicking off about the idea of having trans women in female toilets are now upset when the rules have been changed that say that you have to go to the the toilets that correlate with the gender you're assigned at birth, and now they're getting trans men using women's <laughs> toilets. Which is how did they not think that was going to yeah. happen? People with beards are going into that. You can't come in here. They may come to the conclusion themselves at this rate that people should go into whatever toilet seems most appropriate as opposed to one that a rule has come up with mm. because they're going to be lots of surprises in there. And what are they going to say then? You've got to use the disabled toilet. Because I feel I feel like that would yeah. be the next move for people like that. Legislation there in the Kansas Senate um, saying it's a women's bill of rights. And as we've just discussed, I'm not sure how that helps uh, women generally. Defining sex as either male or female at birth uh, with no alternative definition for individuals who identify as trans, non-binary, gender fluid, or gender non-conforming. Um, Republican representative here, Brenda Landveer, voted for the bill, and she said it would protect women's spaces currently reserved for women and men's spaces currently reserved for men. I mean, and a certain percentage of the population falls into the sort of gap there, and then there's no answer for them. What yeah. did you do? Use a bucket. Is that what they're going to say? Don't even know. Uh, what about Kenya? What about Kenya? There are lots about Kenya. They've got some... Not Kanye. Kenya. <laughs> no, no. You haven't just pronounced Kanye wrong. No. Kenya. Um, have uh, planning to, or have they done it yet, introduce a new anti-LGBTQ plus law? What's going on? Uh, it's happening. Can you believe it? Oh, uh, like little, that. Yeah. Little pun there. Little pun there. Great, great opportunity to do a pun there. <laughs> <laughs> so you've got... Uganda brought in all these horrible anti-queer laws and mm-hmm. now Kenya's doing the same. Death penalty for uh, gay, gay people sex. in Uganda, yeah. Um, I'm slightly amused by the fact that landlords could be jailed for allowing gay sex in their properties. I'm not sure how the landlords are going to police this. Well, 
Because <laughs> I'm a landlord and I don't know what shenanigans are going on in my property. All kinds, I've heard. But maybe I need to go and do a, a spot inspection. Yeah, that's what they should do. You know, when your landlord comes around for an inspection and they're yeah. like, check the gas meter, you know, there's no leaks or anything. You're going to check under the bed covers and check that they're not up to anything. <laughs> any anal happening on my property. <laughs> we can't have that here. Um, unless it's me involved. <laughs> so uh, the, the Kenya law, um, politician Muhammad Ali... Not that one. Not that one. Um, said he wants to kick LGBT people out of Kenya completely. Which is annoying because I've just put my holiday there. And I'm going to have all the rigmarole, getting a refund. to deport yourself. And you know what Ryanair are like? There's going to be all kinds of arguments. Yeah, I don't know if Ryanair fly to Kenya. <laughs> That's the Ryanair flight I would never want to go on. Isn't, isn't Kenya just about in the Southern Hemisphere? Imagine that one with those just buying them Pringles for seven euros a fucking pop. Oh, you'd be bankrupt, wouldn't you? You would by the end of that flight. Um, the draft law uh, would punish gay sex with prison or in even some cases, death. What? And what I'm thinking is at some point, will that happen? Or is that just death for this? Just as like a warning scene. Yeah. I wouldn't want to test it. I wouldn't want to test it out and find out. According to a draft of the Kenyan Family Protection Bill. They love this, don't they? <laughs> yeah. It's all about the family. We're protecting the family. It's just like anti-trans legislation is protecting women, yeah. not unprotecting trans youth. So this is a family protection bill because families, they need protecting. No one, no one's out there standing up for family rights. It's what I'm worried about. <laughs> what if the rights of families slip? especially in Kenya. Two lawmakers um, have backed uh, this bill in Parliament. Gay sex could be punished by at least 10 years in jail, while aggravated homosexuality, which includes gay sex with a minor or a disabled person. Surely there's laws already about sexual activity with somebody under the age of consent. Yeah. But that's now going to be aggravated homosexuality. Just, this is insane. They just like to add that into the mix, don't they? I feel like Because we're all paedophiles. That's that's just the fact of the matter, isn't it? Let's hope that clip doesn't get used out of context. <laughs> Quite an admission on my part. <laughs> yeah. um, the, so what I feel like they've done there is by calling um, sex with uh, someone under the age of consent aggravated homosexuality is they've just conflated homosexuality and paedophilia in the one thing with no questions asked. Yeah. And as, as we, that is a quite a sleight of hand that pushes us into a completely different section yeah. of society. It's disgusting, really. Um, or when a terminal disease is passed on sexually. Okay, so if someone um, catches HIV from having sex, that involves the death penalty, as if people aren't going to be traumatised enough through that whole experience. Yeah. New crimes include promoting homosexuality, guilty, <laughs> and allowing gay sex on your property. Uh, the bill is currently being vetted by a parliamentary committee and it might then refer it to the full chamber for a vote. Um, gay sex is already illegal in Kenya. What Those convicted face between 5 and 14 years in prison. Mm. So why this? Just to double underline it. I just don't see how sending someone to prison for gay sex is a punishment because it's a veritable smorgasbord. <laughs> I, I imagine so. Sex between women is not explicitly criminalised. This is another weird thing that they do, don't they? These are colonial era laws. Yeah, is this all, again all about buggery? Colonial era laws is where this comes from because we, we sort of go, oh, isn't that terrible that they do that in, in a lot of countries? But a lot of them are former empire countries and who introduced the laws? <laughs> it was us! And now we're kind of like waving our finger at them. And that, that is kind of a confusing situation to be in morally. Similar laws are also reported to be introduced in Tanzania and South Sudan. 
Um, gay sex already illegal in both countries. It's like they want to make it doubly illegal. Yeah. Tanzanian lawmaker Jacqueline Nagonyani said anti-LGBTQ plus legislation would be introduced into Parliament later this year in order to control, I'm going to quote from someone here, from, from that lawmaker here, ongoing moral decay. If these gay people increase, this will be the end of, of generation. There must be, as soon as I hear the words moral decay, there must be a band. There must be a band called Moral Decay. Absolutely, there's Moral Decay. Yeah. Or a drag queen. Oh, yeah, completely. Here yeah. she is, Miss Moral Decay. Right, uh, I want to talk to you now about an episode of Outcast UK that's going to drop this week. Um, the Cock Destroyers chat. What are they called? Cock Destroyers. Fucking Cock Destroyers. Say what? Cock Destroyers. Cock Destroyers. One half of the Cock Destroyers, they were a... Cock Destroyers. No, one half of them is that cock or destroyer. <laughs> <laughs> Sophie Anderson was one half of the Cock Destroyers. It was her and Rebecca Moore. Uh, and uh, a few years ago, they were massive viral memes of then going with fucking Cock Destroyers. Oh, like, they, they were a pansexual porn act. They mainly performed with each other. Uh, and they stood for the sexual empowerment of all genders, all sexualities. Um, the, it, was, it was a broadly positive set of um, messaging behind them. Um, but... but the, Apart from yeah. the destroying cocks. It <laughs> was just what they referred to their behaviours as. Oh, we're fucking cock destroyers. Um, so, Sophie Anderson and her new partner, who's called Damien Oliver, real name Oliver Spelling, um, they perform together now. Um, and their videos are, are also um, different. <laughs> so... Uh, <laughs> They do you straightforward, you, you, you know, your common or garden porn. Their, their main brand is called F- Fucking Explorers. And they turned up outside my house where we are right now. They turned up in a bright orange camper van with Fucking Explorers written on it. And we're driving <laughs> around my street looking for a place to park. And they parked around the corner. I, I sent uh, Callum, who was not producing the episode, I sent him out to deal with them. I said, I can't appear in the street. Lowering the tone of the neighbourhood. Honestly, could, uh, I was mortified. But th- they were lovely. But they do have a bit of a thing about scat. Okay. And we've discussed the old scat, haven't we? A little bit. More than I feel necessary. Yeah. Mm. I don't have a scat thing going on. This isn't just an opportunity for me to discuss something I'm really interested in. Yeah. They've, unless they've been listening to the podcast and heard this, I don't understand why they brought this to the table. But um, I'm going to play you a quick clip of something that happens on the episode that's dropping this week. Mm-hmm. Um, and you let me know what your reaction is to that. Just one sec. And what is it? Which where, where's this going to be available? On Scatbook, Scat- the fucking explorer yeah, Scatbook. We've realised now that OnlyFans got too many restrictions. So Scatbook yeah. is where you're going to see all of the shits. Every shit that we take is a potential earning. Earning. <laughs> well, this is the funniest. I've that got is, to tell a story. A potential from gold mine, of course, as well, yeah. isn't it? Well, and also <laughs> what we were doing last night. So oh, we took a in shit our before fridge. we came in here earlier. Oh, we did. For yeah. The, for the yeah, um, hey. No, don't show me. Don't show me. I oh, know. Oh, here we go. I've just basically oh done if I can show this one there. Where is it? Can you see the shit coming out? Can you see that? Yeah. So basically. So there we go. That was nice. Um, I didn't ask him to show me the video of him having a shit. Hmm. Are you sure you, that really you did ask him? And no, you've, I, cut, you've cut that bit out. No, no, no. I really, I really, really you didn't. You wanted to see the shit. I've never met anyone that was like, oh, yes, I had a shit in the way. I'm sitting on a gold mine, basically, because they're going to sell all the videos of this. A little and, gold nugget. <laughs> and then he goes, just whips out his phone and makes me watch it. It was honest to God that I'm going to cut a lot out of that chat. 
because some of it made me physically sick. I was I was listening back to some of what we'd recorded and I was retching. So you're going to have to sort of dump a lot out of it. That's right, yeah. yeah. Uh, okay, so that, that, that coming up this week uh, here on um, on Outcast UK's <laughs> Some Little Love No, the, the interesting thing about that chat is, and that's something that's coming up, is that them two, uh, they come clean on their, their drugs issues that they've had. And right. they've never talked about this before. Ibuprofen, paracetamol. No, no, no they got into Tixi the old, licks. They got into the old chemsex. Oh, right. I've read about that. They were they were into the old chemsex um, not that long ago either. So that's an exclusive. <laughs> you sound like, ooh. ooh. <laughs> like you're talking to your neighbour over the garden. Oh. Not that long ago either. <laughs> Next time on Outcast UK. Destroyers. Yeah. Fucking cock destroyers. Say what? Octo- 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 destroyers. You thought, yeah. you thought you weren't going to get a beast, you? I've also, I've, I've dated all <clears throat> genders. Not, not just fucked as well. We're going to have the life-size sex doll so people can get up on stage. Okay. And they can show us how they can perform on our own personal sex dolls. Right, okay. Wow. Play Outcast UK on TikTok and Instagram. Just search Play Outcast UK.